0: You are listening to a podcast produced by the New Zealand Centre for Political Research. Follow this and our other podcasts on nzcpr.com. Welcome to our podcast for the 25th of May, 2023, presented by Dr. Muriel Newman. Grant Robertson has delivered his 2023 annual budget. This year's budget was more about words than figures. It was an election year budget. The Labour Party's speeches were about success and sound economic management. That's despite its failure in virtually every area of governance. The Prime Minister said it was a great budget for Kiwi families. But Kiwi families gained very little from the budget. They are facing a tsunami of serious problems that the government says only it can fix. But is the government creating the problems? Is the biggest problem facing ordinary Kiwis? The Labor government itself. Here's Muriel Newman.
1: In days gone by, government budgets used to be memorable affairs. Crowded around the radio or telly, it was excise tax changes that exercised most Kiwis the most, with some even making a mad dash to try to beat the midnight price rises. Nowadays, budgets are more about the narrative and less about the numbers. Getting the narrative right is something the Labour Party understands only too well, as former Labour Cabinet Minister Richard Preble explains. Quote, It was 1981. I was on the campaign committee. We did a party poll and found the electorate thought that Labour had no positive practical solutions. The Labour Party's policy machinery takes months and the election was only six months away. So what to do? I instructed every MP to include in every speech and radio and television appearance the statement, Labour has positive practical solutions. There were prizes for MPs who managed to get the line onto the TV news. Heaven help an MP who gave a speech in Parliament, no matter what the topic, who did not include the line. We changed not one policy. We polled three months later and asked what is a good thing about Labor? Even a majority of national voters said that Labor had some positive practical solutions. End quote. These days Labor employs an army of public relations advisers and communication experts to poll continuously and and run endless focus groups to ensure hot-button issues are identified and messages shaped to resonate with voters. So it's really no surprise to find Labour is running a narrative of success and sound economic management, despite its abject failure in virtually every area of governance. Before we examine Budget 2023 and what the Prime Minister told Parliament, It's interesting to reflect on exactly who might be the target of Labour's narrative. After Labour swept into power in 2020, it was widely acknowledged that their majority was due to some 400,000 National supporters switching sides to vote for Jacinda Ardern. National's challenge has been to win back those voters, and their steady increase in the polls shows they've gone some way to achieving that. By using the Herald's Poll of Polls, political commentator Matthew Houghton has calculated that for Chris Hipkins to win the election, with the support of only the Greens and not the Radical Maori Party, he needs to regain just 35,000 of those voters from National. Matthew believes Labour's budget was designed with those mainly women swing voters in mind. Hence, 20 hours of free early childhood education for two-year-olds, free bus rides for primary school children and half-price for secondary and tertiary students, and free prescriptions. In examining what the Prime Minister said in the budget debate, it's interesting to note that not once did he use Aotearoa, and he kept well clear of the Maori issue and focused on middle New Zealand. He said, quote, This is a great day for New Zealanders. It's a great budget for Kiwi families. In a cost of living crisis, New Zealanders know they can trust this government to have their backs and to work to ease the pressure they face, because that's exactly what we've done today. We know that families are under the pump at the moment. They are feeling the pressure. We know that household budgets are stretched And the answer to that needed to be a budget that is going to support families, not just now, but also into the future. One that lays the foundations for a better future for New Zealand, because that is what this budget does. This budget, unashamedly, is about balance. It's a proudly labour budget, about making targeted and affordable investments in the cost of living, and providing relief for New Zealanders who are needing that. And it's also about making sure the future can be better. Quote. Let's unpick what he said. Firstly, Chris Hipkins failed to acknowledge that it's been Labour's profligate spending that fuelled inflation in the first place and triggered the cost-of-living crisis that's forced the Reserve Bank to increase interest rates. Nor did he acknowledge that at a time when New Zealand families are having to tighten their belts, he's just authorised another massive spending spree funded by debt. Under Labour, government spending has exploded from 76 billion in 2017 when they took office to 137 billion by June next year. As a result, the government's books are sinking further into the red. Net government debt is projected to increase from 59 billion or 20% of the economy in 2017 to 179 billion or 43% next year. This blowout in debt caught economists by surprise. Net debt for the 2027 year is now projected to be $21 billion higher than predicted less than six months ago in the December half-year economic and fiscal update. Some of Labour's budget spending promises are bizarre. Chris Hipkins made a big deal of scrapping the $5 prescription co-charge. The cost is expected to be $600 million over four years. He said, quote, Our government recognises that when times are tough, making sure Kiwis can access the health care they need is one of the most important things that a government can do. And that's exactly what we're doing. Reportedly, 135,000 New Zealanders went without collecting their prescriptions because they couldn't afford to collect them, end quote. But that argument doesn't stack up. Grants are already available to low-income families who can't afford prescription charges, so they don't need to pay. And in many parts of the country, pharmacies don't charge the fee at all as an incentive to attract customers. Thanks to Labour, one of the biggest pharmacy chains in New Zealand, the Australian-owned Chemist Warehouse, now stands to gain a multi-million dollar taxpayer-funded subsidy every year. New Zealand's real health story is one that Chris Hipkins doesn't want to discuss. It's the plight of the hundreds of thousands of people who are suffering because they can't access the health care they need. The reality is that the $500 million restructure of the health system has destabilised the entire health sector. That reform was launched during the pandemic. It abolished district health boards in favour of a centralised system and race-based co-governance with Māori all health indicators have gone backwards. Whether it's cancer treatment, specialist appointment, surgeries, emergency department assessments, accessing a GP, or even child immunisation rates, everything is in decline. And when the shortage of doctors, nurses, medical specialists and GPs is factored in, New Zealand's health system is failing to deliver critical health care and is costing lives. Yet in response to this health crisis, Labor's cut next year's funding by almost a billion dollars, from $29.527 billion in 2023 to $28.653 billion in 2024. In his budget speech, Chris Hipkins claimed his policies to address the cost-of-living crisis were targeted But that too is a nonsense. None of the budget's main cost-of-living policies are targeted specifically to families in need. They're all available to all families. So why didn't Labour simply target the $5 prescription charge subsidy to community service cardholders? The answer is probably that the 35,000 voters that Labor's attempting to win over from National are not community service cardholders. This week's NZCPR guest commentator, economic analyst Frank Newman, points out yet another misrepresentation by the Prime Minister in his budget speech. Quote, the Prime Minister said his government had focused on creating the conditions for a growing economy, but there's nothing in the budget that substantiates that rhetoric. He seems to forget that governments consume wealth, they don't create it. The best way for a government to grow the economy is to create an environment that inspires and encourages others to grow their businesses and then get out of the way. Frank then adds, quote, that may be too much of an attitude change for socialist politicians who are doing very well out of growing dependency and squeezing those who've done well for themselves, end quote. In the budget debate, the Prime Minister said, On this side of the House, we believe that if you work hard, you should be able to get ahead. But if he really believed that, he would adjust the tax thresholds for inflation so working families can also get ahead. He's also done that for welfare beneficiaries and superannuitants, so why not taxpayers? When he claimed in his speech we have been focused on keeping our communities safer, Chris Hipkins failed to mention that ram raids and robberies are now out of control. They happen on a daily basis in broad daylight in close proximity to families and children. It will only be a matter of time before someone gets killed. With gang membership at an all-time high and the prison muster now 20% lower, Thanks to EWI leaders convincing Labour not to lock up their people, the Prime Minister's answer to this crisis is to cut the police budget from 2.5 to 8 billion this year to 2.460 billion next year. In an act of profound hypocrisy, the Prime Minister told Parliament, I want to live in a New Zealand where the circumstances into which you were born. Do not dictate the opportunities that you have in life or hold you back. He then proudly announced $825 million of new spending for those who were born Maori. $200 million to build and repair homes for Maori. $34 million for two years of kapahaka so it matches the combined funding of the symphony orchestra and the Royal New Zealand Ballet eighteen million for the Matariki holiday, one hundred and sixty eight million for the unaccountable Fano Aura slush fund, one hundred and thirty two million for Maori health providers and customary healing. 51 million for Maori media and eight million for Maori tourism to help alleviate cost of living pressures. In discussing that budget allocation, the Minister of Maori Development Willie Jackson revealed, quote We've got the Buy Māori for Māori budget, but let's not forget, most Māori are not attached to a lot of our Māori organisations. In other words, Willie Jackson has confirmed that while iwi leaders who provide most of the government's Buy Māori for Māori contracts give the impression that they deal with all Māori, in reality, it's only a tribal minority. Most Māori prefer to be part of society's mainstream. The Prime Minister also claimed the budget-backed exporters that will be news to our leading export sector agriculture, which has been subjected to excessive regulations restricting progress and limiting production. But perhaps the biggest of the litany of lies in the Prime Minister's budget speech was the one he made at the beginning when he said... New Zealanders know they can trust this government. That echoes We Are The Only Source Of Truth by former Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. She was forced out of office because the public had lost trust in her and her Labour government. We now know that Labour under Chris Hipkins is no different. New Zealand faces a tsunami of serious problems, but the biggest problem is Labour itself. The burning question is whether Labour's false assurances and flagrant lies are convincing enough to win them a third term in government. And with $5 billion set aside in the budget still to use, the promises yet to come will be massive. Budget 2023 has kicked off the election campaign. With advanced voting starting on October the 2nd, The countdown to our future has begun. That's it for this week. Don't forget to visit www.nzcpr.com if you'd like to register for our free newsletter, take part in our poll, or access a treasure chest of valuable information. See you soon. Bye.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by NZ CPR Media.